Hello, welcome to Lafayette's Interfaith Podcast, Colton Corner. I'm Lisa Green, I'm the Interfaith Fellow, and I'm here with Emma Hattrick, fabulous coordinator of the writing program here at Lafayette. And uh, Emma, before we dive in, could you just kind of give a general introduction, say a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I am originally from Hershey, Pennsylvania, so pretty familiar with Central PA and always knew I wanted to come back uh, after grad school. So I started working here in August of 2022, wrapping up my first school year, and it's been a blast so far. I really enjoyed getting to meet new colleagues um, and students uh, and being able to bring my dog to work has been really fun as well. Yeah, that's the best. Uh, It's just... It's so much fun, and uh, it's just a pleasure working with you and Chu. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm so excited to dive in. So uh, starting at the very beginning, um, what would you say your faith or spiritual tradition is? Mm, um, so I am Methodist um, as part of like the Christian tradition. Although I was baptized Catholic, but oh. fell asleep during Mass <laughs> one too many times. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so we switched over to my dad's denomination. Wow, that's so cool. So your mom and, and your sister switched over too? Yes, we all did. Um, my mom's parents are like Russian Orthodox. Wow. But you don't find too many of those churches in central Pennsylvania. So yeah. they just attended... Catholic mass uh, when she was growing up. Wow, that's so interesting. Do they have any Russian Orthodox traditions that you grew up with? Um, we do do Russian Christmas, which Ooh. is um, in early January. So always keep mm-hmm. up like all the Christmas decorations after most people are mm-hmm. taking them down. Um, and my grandpa's brother was a priest oh, uh, wow. of the Russian Orthodox faith. Oh, so, so cool. um, they would drop some like Russian words every now and then <laughs> that I didn't always know. But <laughs> interesting to learn about. That's so cool. Do you still do it every year? Yes. That's yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then your grandparents and your parents, um, how did they impact your experience with religion growing up? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I think especially for my mom growing up Catholic, for her it kind of mm-hmm. felt like a requirement that you're supposed to do go to church to kind of like not feel guilty right. um, because right. guilt is kind of so foundational to a lot of mm-hmm. at least traditional Catholic theology. Um, mm-hmm. And I know like while she was raising me and my sister, she wanted to make sure we didn't feel that way so I think that was kind of the impetus behind us switching churches um, was to find something that was I don't know just felt more like welcoming um, to younger people Um, we started out going to my dad's family's old church but it was a growing population so there were times where my mom would be teaching Sunday school and I was the only person there um so we ended up switching again to a different Methodist church that we were introduced to um via vacation bible school which is just a like summer camp um for kids where they do like bible stories but also arts and crafts games stuff like that um and it just ended up really working for our family. So we started mm-hmm. attending there pretty regularly. Um, one thing that, especially during the pandemic, my grandparents would say because they weren't mm-hmm. going to church is that like it didn't matter that they couldn't go because, um, you know, they could like pray anywhere. And yeah. I feel like that's something that I've kept with me um, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's less about like, a building exactly um and more about just like kind of feeling connected to a faith community and to Mm -hmm. a higher power i love that yeah are there are there traditions or people or things you do that make you feel that connection Mm, that's a good question (laughs) hmm um i think definitely like being in nature Mm -hmm. especially like right now when like 
we're transitioning to warmer weather, mm-hmm. just, like, going outside and thinking about, like, wow, um, <laughs> all of this is, like, for us, um, is pretty oh, awesome. Um, the Color Purple is one of my favorite mm-hmm. musicals. Uh, and there's a song about just how, like, you can kind of find God in everyday kind of natural objects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like thinking about religion in that way. Um, that. Trying to think about anything else. Um, music has never been it for me. I love music and I love listening to it. Um, but I, I think growing up, my parents, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, playfully shamed me for my singing voice. So I've never, I've never really felt moved participating Mm -hmm. in that way, but I do enjoy listening. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like during, um, Christmas Eve services where everybody like, uh, lights a candle and the lights go off and everybody sings Silent Night. Just kind of like being there in that moment and having everybody kind of doing the same thing. Uh, again, I feel a stronger connection there. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I am. I'm trying to think. Wow. I'm very rarely at a loss for words, but (laughs) I really, I, that's so, oh, I wanted to ask about, right, The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the song called? I think the song is called The Color Purple. It's like her kind of like big anthem. Um... I remember she says like like a blip, a blade of corn or the color purple, and then the kind of big lyric is like look what God has done and just like thinking about like all these things that are like naturally occurring but thinking about them like together and just how I don't know immense they are and how we didn't necessarily create them but right. that they exist and that there's such a history there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so special. And then in terms of the music, mm-hmm. um, I I love that Silent Night image in my head. That sounds so special and mm-hmm. magical. Are there other songs that you think of that really move you like that? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I mean, I think I love like all Christmas mm-hmm. songs. Uh, for Are you sure. a Christmas in November person? I think Christmas year-round, like, um, love it, love it. I recently purchased a house and have been thinking about keeping my tree up all year. Just Why because, not? Yeah. Um, it's right. so much work to put it up, you know, it you might truly, as well. And I think, like, if it's something we find joy in, yeah. why not do it? Um, oh, I love that. All the time. Or at least when, so that it's there when we need it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's other specific songs uh, that I kind of associate with my faith, but I do enjoy just like listening, not not so much like traditional gospel music, but um, more of the like kind of traditional hymns can be nice yeah. to listen to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then in terms of Sunday school, you know, it's wild that your mom was the teacher and you were the only one there did she always teach Sunday school um she often did I think because uh just because that church was uh an older population there weren't that many folks um who were like connected to children's ministry um but once we kind of went to the other church I had a lot of great mentors um who taught Sunday school who helped that with vacation Bible school? Um, my like communion or not? What was? It's not communion. I don't think. Okay, some confirmation. Like, yes, yeah. that's it. Nice. Okay, so I don't know why I was blanking on me. Yes, oh, my confirmation bad. mentor was actually my French teacher as well. Oh, that's in so fun! School. Wow. Um, so it was kind of cool to see people who I knew just, like, out in the community, but also, like, in a religious setting as well. Yeah. No, that's so cool. I feel like I've had moments like that where you just get to see different sides of a person. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So then did you go to Sunday school, like, 
your whole time growing up, like until the end of high school? I think so. Yeah, I did Sunday school. I was um, in bell choir, so I didn't sing, That's but so I did fun. play bells, um, which was really fun. That's awesome. Um, I went on different um, mission trips, um, really? primarily within like Pennsylvania, New York area. Oh, um, cool! What was that like? It was it was a good experience, I think, um, just because where I'm from, um, they call it the chocolate bubble, um, because <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> even if kind of stuff that's bad or controversial or um, is connected to like issues happens it usually gets brushed under the rug so I think being able to take part in mission trips even if it was just to Harrisburg instead of Hershey which is like the uh, capital of Pennsylvania was helpful in um, getting exposure to outside of the chocolate bubble. Um, chocolate bubble. And also just, like, kind of developing a sense of, like, mm, I don't want to just be serving myself, but also yeah. want to work to serve others mm. and figuring out kind of where my talents are, and that was helpful. Like, I'm not a manual labor person. <laughs> um, yeah, I can follow sure. directions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do enjoy just like having conversations with people mm -hmm. or, um, doing more like teaching moments. So after mm -hmm. I stopped being, uh, too old to actually participate in vacation Bible school, I became a leader, um, wow. for like different age groups to lead them around to the different sections of it. That's amazing. So you became the mentor. I guess so. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, what was it? What was your day to day in that? Like, what did you do on a mission trip? Mm, that's a good question. Um, one of the ones that sticks out to me the most was uh, we went to New York City um, to I think it's called like the Meatloaf Kitchen, where every Saturday um, they prepare a meal that includes meatloaf, um, but also salad, bread, dessert, um, for unhoused folks, uh, living in the city. Um, and participating in that several times, um, we would stay in a, we would drive up the day before, stay in a hostel, um, so meeting folks from all over the world, um, although our room was usually just the people from my church, and then getting up earlier than you would want to on a Saturday morning, going to the kitchen and helping to actually prepare meal. Wow. Um, and serving it to the folks who attended, as well as um, helping with their clothing drive or um, oh, so nice. helping uh, seat folks or just mm -hmm. chatting with them or um, making sure like everything was working with the computers that they had available mm -hmm. for folks who wanted to you know, go online for whatever reason. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was a very packed day of um, doing a lot of different chores, and you just kind of do with whatever's, like, mm -hmm. asked of you. Um, but sometimes it's nice to kind of step back and not have, not have to make decisions and just go where you're being asked um, mm -hmm. and do something that maybe... You haven't done before it was my first time preparing meatloaf so, yeah that's amazing um, a good experience for sure wow that's so cool because so i feel like whenever i've heard mission trips it's been in the context of like trying to convert people mm. um so it sounds like it was really all about the service absolutely and i think um i'm very wary of mission trips that are more mm -hmm. about that because mm, i don't know i think God presents themselves to people however they need yeah. that. Um, and for some folks, that means not having a religion at all. For some right. folks, that means um, Islam or Judaism or Hinduism mm -hmm. or Buddhism 
or any other number of religions. Um, for me, it just happens to be Christianity, I think, because that's what I'm familiar with, and that's what worked. But um, I've made an effort to try to only get involved in, like, more localized efforts, as well as ones um, that don't kind of pressure folks but are more there to like you said just provide a service yeah Mm -hmm. well it's i love that you said that because i say that all the time just this idea that um you know there's really no right way to have a religion practice a religion you know i've interviewed a lot of atheists agnostics Mm -hmm. and what i always say is religion god in my mind is whatever gets you out of bed in Mm -hmm. the morning Mm -hmm. whatever fills your heart gives you purpose kind of thing and you know there's no one size fits all there i just i love that that sentiment that's Mm -hmm. awesome um yeah so then how long did you were you um the mentor for the mission trips Mm, that's a um i guess until sometime in college wow Um, that's awesome and college was a bit of a weird time because um uh a lot of the people who I met who were Christians were like conservative Christians um and I kind of realized that a little later than I would have liked Mm -hmm. to um and so kind of pivoted out of those circles um just because I don't know I think sometimes we say that we belong to the same faith practice but when right when you're core beliefs and actions don't align with what I think the faith is actually um, telling us to do, then um, I have a hard time feeling like actually part of that community. Absolutely, Um, yeah. But I did go to a really great church, um, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I liked the most about it was that it was folks from all different generations um, and demographics, Mm -hmm. and that oftentimes there would be... um, guest speakers who were just like lay people in the congregation who delivered sermons um one of my favorite ones was uh someone talking about how um we can think about god as like a maternal figure um so interesting yeah i really um liked how that church kind of sometimes pushed my Mm. own thinking um and then in grad school I found probably my favorite church I've ever encountered. Um, It was right next to UT Austin's campus where I went to school. Um, And they're just so committed to, like, progressive Mm -hmm. values um, and also kind of putting action behind those values um, that I just really enjoyed it. Plus, they had a really strong, like, college and graduate ministry um so they provided meals for us um which is always welcome as a a college student (laughs) to get food absolutely um but I always felt like anybody could walk in those doors and be welcomed which is not always the case you know there are two such important pieces in that you know for one it's the political piece Mm that I, I say it all the time, you know, you really can't have religion without politics mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They're just so intertwined. Um, and just to go back for a second, uh, when you were growing up, were you in kind of a more liberal Christian community? Um, that's a good question, and I'm not sure if I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my church, in the like, I still, you know, go back um for the holidays or like watch online services um and i think everybody is welcoming however i think that community still has a ways to go in like being able to talk about some things yeah um but we did recently get a new pastor who um had us participate in a pride event that was um happening that's so great Um, so it was really fun to go there and um we had a craft and just to see like families coming around um that was only the second time i think it happened in hershey um and i also um kind of started up like a book club um in 
during the pandemic. Um, we read mm-hmm. Brian Stevenson's book, uh, Just Mercy. Right, we also read uh, The Hate You Give. Um, <sighs> so I think a lot of folks are on the same page about things, but I think we're talking about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Methodist church is kind of coming to a head mm-hmm. eventually because um, for a while now, there's been talk about separating um, folks who are supportive of queer people um, mm-hmm. and folks who um, are not. Yeah, uh, and separating. that makes a lot of sense. Yes, that, yeah. um, that denomination. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what ends up happening with all right because you know that's that's such a huge thing that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like i don't know that doesn't feel like you could stand next to someone in your beliefs and have that be different in mm-hmm. my mind you know just that's yeah that's really interesting mm-hmm. um and uh in terms of in terms of so there were two two components from before there was mm-hmm. the political piece and what was the other piece oh goodness um i think you said just like growing up and what um Mm. my community was like if it was more right right yes but i had a question about later on and what was it Mm. (laughs) oh man this is so i feel like i'm so engrossed (laughs) that i usually in my mind know exactly what i'm going to say next and i'm so i'm like i want to hear every detail you know um let's see so in terms of though what made the church Mm. at ut austin Mm -hmm. so special you know it was that accepting community mm-hmm. and just this idea that the political matched up to the religious mm-hmm. yeah and i think a desire to like be better yeah. um so for example they had um a police officer who was a crossing guard um mm-hmm. and i would bring up at meetings like is this something we can think more about mm-hmm. um because if the first person you see walking into um this building is a police officer and considering Mm -hmm. the um kind of ongoing violence perpetrated by um the like criminalization of black and brown folks absolutely um i thought maybe like there's a different way to consider like Mm -hmm. how people are crossing the street to get to the building or um being intentional is there someone else yeah Yeah. um but just like i they were very open to having that conversation Mm -hmm. uh i left before anything like changed so i don't quite know but um just the fact that like they're thinking about these things Mm -hmm. I think is important, especially because it is a church that's predominantly white. Right. Um, and kind of talks the talk, but I think is also mm. making efforts to walk the walk and think that's about so like cool. interrogating their own practices and how mm. it might be embedded in like white supremacy, but also thinking mm. about. Um, how in doing so what changes can be made mm-hmm. yeah no that makes so much sense just getting those conversations started because mm-hmm. historically that's been so hard i feel like and it makes me think of when you were talking about the book club mm-hmm. uh, that must have been such a great outlet during covid mm-hmm. you know, with everyone feeling so isolated mm-hmm. and it was this chance to connect but also to read these books that are probably really hard and new for mm-hmm. a lot of people um, what were those conversations like? Mm, that's a good question. Um, it was interesting because I would say most of the attendees um, were older and brought in a lot of interesting experience just like growing up. Um, so for example, like my mom said that this wasn't something that she was taught in school, but I also, you know, brought up the fact that like, maybe it wasn't taught in school, but there were still students who knew about it because they lived it. Mm -hmm. Um, So thinking about like the privilege of just being able to grow up without knowing about some of the like past and ongoing atrocities that happen to people of color. Um, So I think um, it was really great in that it seemed like everybody 
wanted to learn mm-hmm. and was going in with an open mind um, and willing to put ideas out there, recognizing that like sometimes we're going to make mistakes, okay. um, but at least trying to learn more and do something. Right. Um, Progress, not perfection right, kind of thing. Is, yeah. Should be prioritized over yeah. just kind of this feeling of like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah, man, you know, it sounds like you're such a leader and a mm. spirit header, if that's a word, for change. That's really, that's so cool. Do you think you were always like that and championing, you know, the right mm. socio-political movements? Not necessarily. Mm. Um, and I can't put my finger on, like, what changed. Mm. Um, I think I've always had, like, a fairly clear sense of, like, right and wrong yeah but didn't always have a sense of like how that shaped me politically Mm -hmm. um so like you know i knew growing up that like god loved everybody yeah so i just never even entertained the idea that like Mm -hmm. there were some folks who wouldn't be allowed into heaven or stuff like that wild yeah um but at the same time i think it wasn't until i started going to college especially and just like being able to read writing by folks who um have studied this and getting to hear from folks who are living um Mm -hmm. some of these things was helpful in like me being able to shape like my own ideas and then figure out kind of what I wanted to do about it um because I think learning is important and I anticipate learning to the day Mm -hmm. I die um but at the same time um I don't know I think like to know and to not do anything um feels like keeping myself in a in a state of like stasis that I don't want to be in because I do want to make the help make the world a better place I love that do you think that sense of justice I feel like part of it could have come from those mission trips Mm -hmm. is there any other part of your faith that kind of plays into that Mm -hmm. do you think that's a good question Mm -hmm. hmm I think part of it is just that, like, I do believe that if we're all created in God's image, then we're all deserving of, like, full humanity. Right. And so when that isn't recognized, um, it feels like that does, that, 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 or that feels, that rings false to me and kind of feels like false Christianity. And if this is something that I'm actually going to, like, identify as and believe in, then I feel like it's something I need to be involved with because Mm. I, like, I wouldn't want to be part of a religion that, where the goal is to, like, discriminate or um, to mistreat the earth or... Mm any number of things um so i don't know i i i'm still re- like kind of coming to terms with like my version of christianity and the version mm-hmm. that i think like speaks to the humanity of everybody with yeah. like this more commercialized mm-hmm. version that has entered um and has always been part i would say at least of the U.S. Right, that makes culture. sense. Culture. Yeah. What has that process of self-discovery mm. been like? Um, it's been difficult at times. Like, mm-hmm. for example, um, thinking about abortion and how, mm-hmm. like, murder is bad. Um, right. But at right. the same time... like um kind of 
ownership over someone's mm-hmm. own body seems to be the most paramount mm-hmm. issue at stake. Um, and considering we already live in a broken world, that means that there are going to be things that don't necessarily make sense. Right, and that are hard to reconcile. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have these two kind of opposing priorities, it's really tough. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny, I, one of my first memories, you know, actually, a lot of a lot of people say that abortion is a Jewish value. Mm. And there was actually, which is really interesting, there's actually the synagogue in Florida that sued the state of Florida over anti-abortion laws. Because they were saying that oh. strips our religious freedom. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, because it's very, it's, and I think about my growing up in different, you know, depending on what denomination, what, you know, any kind mm-hmm. of smaller practice of Judaism you have, the idea is that the life of the mother is just more important. Mm. Um, and I remember my mom kind of sitting me down very too young, probably, and saying, like, don't you dare ever let anyone tell you what to do with your body. Mm. So the idea that it was murder never even crossed mm. my mind, actually, until college, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. And I was talking to some friends and I had a friend say, well, I just can't be okay with murder. Mm. And it's not, and I was like, yeah, but it's not your body, you know? Mm. And he would say, well, yeah, but if someone killed someone over there, you wouldn't be okay with it. Um, And it was just this really interesting reframing Mm. for me. I just, it never crossed my mind. Yeah. And I think just like what's been helpful for me is not thinking about it as a moral issue. Right, Um, right. But more just, like, legally, should someone have the right to what happens um, to their own body? Um, Which, you know, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, So it's something I think I'm still, like, somewhat coming to terms with. Sure. But firmly feel that um, it should be allowed. Right. You know, in a perfect world, the only babies that would be conceived would be ones that are viable and wanted. But that's not the world we live in. Right. Um, Right. Gotta embrace the reality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think same with, like, a lot of other things. Like, the resistance to getting vaccinated because of Uh. um, religion. (laughs) Where, again, it's not really a moral issue but is more about proven science um that can help save lives right and i think there are people out there who can't reconcile science and religion Mm. and on both sides don't think they can coexist Mm -hmm. like religious people who don't believe in science scientific people who don't believe in religion but i don't know i i feel like we're both people who can kind of weave the two together Yeah, yeah absolutely um yeah, like the fact that the world was theoretically created in six days, but yeah. what what's a day? Um, right. What does a day to, even mean? Like the creator of the universe, or right. um, it was not until grad school that I realized that people could still identify as Christian, but also like take all the Bible stories with a grain of salt. Um, really, I think growing up, I was just like, okay, Adam and Eve, I guess. They lived in the Garden of Eden um, just because that's how it gets presented to us that, like, these are real people. Um, Wow. But then realizing that it's much more about, like, what this symbolizes. Right, like the lesson kind of thing. um, The kind of historical accuracy of it. Wow. that's so interesting. I, I had so many moments like that. I was just talking about this the other day that I didn't know until I was maybe eight that not everyone celebrated Shabbat every week. Mm. I, I, I went to, I guess, a Jewish sleepaway camp, mm. which I also didn't realize was Jewish until very recently. Um, and someone had said to me at the time, you know, oh, I'm not even Jewish, but I love going to Shabbat every week. And I was like, what, what does Judaism have to do with that? What, 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 why, would, why would you even mention that? Oh, that's just, that's so interesting. And it, it makes me wonder, when you were in college, you know, and you kind of ran into that conservative Christian mm-hmm. group, and then you realized that wasn't for you, so you mm-hmm. left that. 
Um, at that time, did you find a more supportive community to get through college with? I think through the church and also um, through some other friends who realized that um, it was not what it was advertised to yeah. be. Um, I think a lot of these groups are very good at marketing, marketing and just kind of like, I don't want to use the word praying. Um, hmm. Recognizing. Oh, at first I thought you meant oh, like praying. No, sorry, praying like. <laughs> oh, that's pre- so funny. Uh, predator. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, I, I, they probably pray. You know, like they do. P R A Y. Yeah. Um, recognizing students who are looking for some kind of community, community, yeah. um, and knowing what's attractive or like in for students and then kind of letting the underbelly be seen later on once they kind of already have you um, as a member. Wow. Yeah. So then you found a couple of friends through getting out Mm -hmm. of that. That's really cool. Yeah. And friends also just from home, um, from my home church. That's awesome. um, Felt similarly as well. Um, And also... I've had a lot of great faith conversations with friends who aren't religious or um, of a different faith. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite faith conversations in college were um, the girl across the hall was like Orthodox Jewish. Oh, wow. Um, and we would just every now and then um, cross paths and start talking and still be talking an hour later. Wow. Um, but just learning more about her traditions because they were so new to me. Um, and chatting with her was a really fun experience that I don't think, um, I certainly wouldn't have gotten in my hometown. I was going to say, I can't imagine Hershey is too much of a Jewish population. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, what all, what were those interfaith conversations like? Mm. Um, I think part of it is just, like, learning, like, the basics. Um, Like, asking, like, you know, why do you have to keep kosher? Or, um... Why can't you wear pants? Right. Um, but then also more kind of, or less superficially, just thinking mm-hmm. about, like, what her faith meant to her and what my faith meant to me, uh, and recognizing that there's, like, more overlap mm-hmm. than there is difference. Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of it, like I was saying earlier, is just based on, like, what we grow up in or what we find comfort in. Um, and that, you know, when it comes down to it, some stuff does seem silly in any religion. Um, you know, my grandparents don't eat red meat, or they only eat fish during Lent on Fridays. Right, Um, right. And, you know, I don't think they would be struck by lightning if they (laughs) ate a hamburger instead. Yeah. Um, but if that's what helps you feel like closer right, to God then right. whatever you know, works yeah absolutely more power to them mm-hmm. did you ever follow those rules strictly like those not eating meat on Fridays mm. and those things I did not um which probably makes me a bad Christian no. I I no. was like um I didn't think Jesus would want me to have to give anything up <laughs> that's what, that's literally what I say that's so funny because I was kosher until I was 12 Mm. Um, and I was like, you know, no, uh, I because I had gone to Jewish day school mm. and I had been told like if you eat pork, God isn't gonna like you anymore. Mm. Um, and then I just kind of realized that didn't make any sense because so I was like, God loves everyone, right? You know, like right. I, I don't think God cares if I have a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think God has bigger priorities, mm-hmm. you know. And I think like, why put? good things on earth if we're supposed if I and like to deprive yourself of it um it's not helping anyone no if it if in that instead of say if someone gives up social media if instead you spend that time 
in prayer or something. I get that. Although I would imagine you would want to make that a practice that lasts past 40 days. Uh, It's the same with New Year's resolutions. um, (laughs) That's why. But... I know, I've never been one for a lot of the tradition, but I do recognize that sometimes there's comfort in doing something that's been done for centuries and being part of that tradition, even if it means, or even if it doesn't maybe have the same significance it once did. Right. Yeah, are there any other traditions aside from Christmas that you still participate in that give you that comfort? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I think Easter as well, like just having a meal with your family and going to church um, has always brought that for me. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like big traditions we always like we or my family doesn't usually pray um before meals but we do pray before the big meals like thanksgiving (laughs) or easter or christmas um and i've always enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um because you know that makes it almost even more special because we're getting extra things yeah it's another layer Mm -hmm. that's so special do you have um do you have a church here in easton not yet Mm-hmm. Um, I've for the for now I've been watching uh, the Hershey Church oh, online nice. every yeah. uh, Sunday. Oh, um, that's so cool. I have been going to the spirit lunches mm-hmm. um, that Alex hosts, oh, where with faculty and staff. Um, yeah. And I think most folks identify as. Mm-hmm spiritual at least although um that's usually not part of the conversation that we have um, oh what are, what are those conversations like um oh it's been interesting so we've talked about like what does active listening look like we've talked about what like kind of personal safety can mean on campus um we did a book swap um i think it's just time to like i mean for me especially being new it's been nice just to meet folks across campus yeah for sure Um, especially in a non or you know as non-work environment as you can get while still being at work that makes Um, sense yeah we're at least not talking about administrative policies or teaching voting on things exactly um but are just talking uh we also did a week on um friendships oh Um, so yeah it's like i i enjoy having those conversations um and sometimes it is helpful to be having conversations like that with folks who are coming from similar like um belief systems right. just to get a sense of like how other people are understanding them right and some solidarity mm-hmm. there yeah absolutely um i part of the reason why it's been hard to find a church is a couple of them like i ran into one um at the outdoor market that they have on saturdays oh, um yeah. but they said their population is mostly older folks um and so tough i think what i've found to be most useful is um church for me is just more like going to church but Mm. having a community of people who are around my age is helpful um and luckily i still do have that in um Mm friends from back home who I'm still in touch Mm -hmm. with and from grad school uh so I still have that community even if it's not even if everybody's not in the same place right you're Um, still really in touch yeah absolutely and I hope in the future especially now that I have a house um Mm -hmm. to find something close by that Mm -hmm. would also bring that um for me to a more in-person 
Yeah. Well, and it's fun to circle all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. You know, you were saying your grandma was saying that church can be anywhere. Mm -hmm. Do you, are there things you do? Do you pray um, on your own time or anything that makes you feel spiritual outside of Mm. listening to the Zoom services? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can't say I do it consistently, but... um, I do, especially when I am just feeling, like, very grateful or realizing, like, oh, I really take, like, the good things in my life for granted. I'll just Mm -hmm. say, like, um, yeah, I'll just thank God at the end of the day for everything. Um, I would say I haven't asked for anything since I was a kid and really wanted to win like an American Girl doll (laughs) and that was probably the most consistent (laughs) praying I've ever done Um, every now and then I pick up the Bible Um, I have a weird relationship I would say with it just because you know, we call it the Word of God, but also it was written by men 2,000 years ago living in a patriarchal society. Um, So I, like, ticket my religious content, I would say, through sermons, or um, I just love seeing how Christianity appears in, like, all, every kind of movie, you know, whether it be The Lion King or um, Superman versus Batman, Dawn of Justice. That's so funny. It just ends up being everywhere. So thinking about Mm -hmm. religion in a more expansive sense like that Mm -hmm. um, has been kind of more my way of studying religion. And then just reading folks like Brian Stevenson or um, her name is escaping me right now um but yeah folks like him who are writing about religion but also not just writing about religion but kind of how 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 it influences our world so really something bringing it into that modern context. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I say it all the time just like I think the Constitution's a living breathing document, Mm. I think the Bible is you know, kind of a yeah. similar thing. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, I love all the different sources mm-hmm. and just thinking of it in a grander context. And mm-hmm. it just really follows up and doubles down mm-hmm. the idea of it's everywhere. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. it's Austin Channing Brown. She's nice. the other author who I've really enjoyed reading. Yeah. And then through, I was curious because, you know, I um I work for Emma. I'm a wa. I don't think I've ever <laughs> mentioned that before. It's the greatest. Oh. I love it so much. And Emma's the most wonderful. <laughs> but I'm so curious about writing because I feel like writing is something that makes me feel very spiritually connected. Do you ever feel that way? Yes, I think yeah. so. Um, growing up, I wrote mostly for myself. Um, mm. But that... I, I'm someone who kind of needs to process things and putting stuff down into paper has always been a really helpful way for me to process because mm-hmm. um, oftentimes I leave stuff just up in my head and um, never really get around to truly understanding what I'm what I think about something or like right. what just happened um, and verbalizing it has never come easy but writing it down has been a way of, I think, communicating with myself and under my, understanding myself more, but I think that also translates to, like, understanding my faith more mm-hmm. as well. Um, and just, yeah, I've always loved writing and thinking about, like, how that's another form, I guess, of prayer, right? We can... Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I think sometimes I can put things on paper that it's hard to say, even in my head. Mm. So... Um, yeah, so I really... I love that idea. Mm. Just That's really powerful, just that writing is another form of prayer. And that really... That takes us full circle to your wonderful work mm. here. And, uh, yeah, I'm wondering... I. 
I think we've really covered everything, which is awesome. Uh, is there anything else that's on your mind that you'd like to talk about? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, I think like having these kinds of conversations is valuable because um, I think it does help us realize the similarities rather than the differences between religions. Um, but also, I hope at least can help us um, make the world a better place, like what I was saying. Um, when thinking about like what is it that we feel that we're actually called to do based on what mm. our beliefs are um, so really that's just me I guess thanking you for um, doing this I appreciate it thank you yeah I, I love that feeling like you're calling and mm. I feel like you're in your calling yeah I love that yeah I'm definitely yeah. this um, my path has not been what I thought mm. it would be Really? But yes, uh, mm -hmm. um, I ended up taking a gap year between undergrad and grad school mm -hmm. because senior year ended up being a lot harder, um, yeah. both academically and personally, than I anticipated. Um, and I did not think I'd end up working for a writing center necessarily. Yeah. Um, I, or rather, I just didn't know that that was a job that was available. I think it's so cool. Um, but each time, I think God has shown that, like, yeah, this is the path that I'm meant to be on because everything so far has worked out. Yeah. Maybe not the way that I envisioned, but in the way that it was meant to be. Oh, I love that. Right. Just everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's all coming into place. That's really cool. So it just, it's not what you originally thought. Did you, what did you originally think you were going to mm -hmm. end up doing? That's a good question. I mean, I think like a lot of kids who have always been told they're good at school um, and that they're good at writing, I thought I was going to be a professor, yeah. which is still not completely out of the realm of possibilities sure but isn't necessarily the only thing i have in my sight lines now right. um and that's not because i think any less of the profession but more just given the realities of yeah. um the job field right now um and also like realizing the things that I value the most, which is working with students mm -hmm. and supporting learning and being able to learn myself, mm -hmm. which can translate to a lot of different jobs yeah, that I, you know, I'm just learning about now, mm -hmm. um, has actually, if anything, I think opened things up for me rather mm -hmm. than limited them. That's um, really cool. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's all been good I love that just following the path mm-hmm yeah yeah just knowing that something mm -hmm. is gonna work out something's um, out there figuring itself out it's something I learned kind of trial by error and was right. not always easy graduating from grad school without um, a job that's yeah, tough but yeah but I've you figured it out everything so far that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, this has been awesome. All right. And thank you for listening.